Welcome to episode 34 of On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. The Ohio Hockey Digest is a foremost location for hockey in Ohio, covering every level, played from youth and high school to juniors, college, and pro. Articles written to keep the hockey community up to date on all happenings with hockey in Ohio. My name is Tim Sullivan. Tonight I'm joined by Jason Lewandowski, producer Dan Humphrey, and yes, management is back. He must not have liked what we did last week since we were by ourselves. Scott Harrington will be joining us as well tonight. With On Air, we are bringing you fresh content and adding voices, names, and faces to interesting people making the Ohio hockey community better. This episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest On Air podcast is brought to you by Team Ohio. Time in the rink as a Team Ohio player is about more than competition. It's about seizing opportunities to grow as athletes, being a great teammate, and part of a community. That's why Team Ohio's premier Tier 2 hockey program welcomes youth players ages 5 to 18 years old to join the nationally lauded program. With reasonable fees, transparency, and athlete development that has prepared players for teams at all levels. Team Ohio is here to coach players for success both on and off the ice. Go to TeamOhio.com to learn more. Last week, Bob Turo, the commissioner of the United States Premier Hockey League, came on the show and talked us through the history and expansion of the USPHL, the values that drive the league's operation, and the hub city concept they are putting into place in Tampa, Florida, to make sure their players get as many games in safely as possible this year. It was really good to talk to Bob last uh, last week. You know, I didn't know much about the existence of the USPHL. I, we know a lot of players that have gone there, they've gone through you know, the NCDC and all that other stuff, but not really to get dive into the, uh, you know, the vault of the USPHL. Uh, that was really good to talk to Bob. And uh, you know what? His journey through hockey, pretty impressive as well. I think that one of the things that was very impressive that, that Bob kept reiterating, and Sully, you said this uh, in the in the end of our show last week, was he kept stressing education. We're trying to get these guys – to a better education, a better education. And hockey basically is the vehicle to do that. Bob's excitement was, was really fun to listen to when he talked about his coming up in the USHL, as well as uh, doing the camps, uh, the showcase camps in the summer when he, he got a good chuckle out of naming all those names that he did, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Steven Stamkos and John Tavares. And he, he got a kick out of naming all those, but his excitement that he brought to the USHL is no doubt going to carry over and and help the USPHL grow, hopefully as as Bob wants, to the level of what the USPHL is to be become the premier tier two uh, junior hockey league in the United States or in North America rather. So it was a, it was a fun conversation. Bob see, uh, seemed like a very fun guy and sitting there in Kitchener, Ontario, with a house in Florida. He's just yeah. you know he's living the life, man. He's living the dream. Right. You know, and and I think for me after we talked to him and again. You guys know how this goes, I man. It's just like anything. After you talk to somebody that that you prepare a show for that you've never met before, you you get off the 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 interview and you're like, oh man, I wish I would ask them this, this, and this, and this. Yeah. You know, I, I think one of the big things that I really wanted to ask him was, how is it being budgeted? Like, how is this whole hub city being budgeted? Right? 
And, you know, I don't know if he was, you know, if he's willing to divulge that information. Uh, is there sponsors? Maybe he wanted to give some sponsor shots. I don't know. But I thought about that after we talked to him. Like, this cannot be a cheap operation that they're going to put on. I mean, they're taking over a resort. Yeah, like 600 people in that resort. Right. And, and, and I know he... And the, he and, I don't mean to interrupt Jay, but, no, but yeah. included, including the tests that they're going to do, yeah. those things aren't cheap. Four sheets you know, of ice, right? Is that what four sheets yeah, of ice, yeah. yeah. Four yeah. sheets in that arena. Um, he did mention that the resort, I mean, I know the resort was on our sheet to, as one of the sponsors. And, well, also, uh, some of these guys are in school. So they have yeah. to provide room, not just like in your hotel room or whatever they're, you know, in their resort room, if you will. You're not just doing it there. There's an actual study area at the resort for these guys to, to do their schooling. And, and again, Bob was just uh, mentioning, not mentioning, but he, he was very adamant in, in bringing out the fact that education first, right? Education first for these guys, which was pr- really cool. Absolutely. It was a good, it was a good conversation with them. And, and uh, you know, I'd like to uh, management. I don't know if, if, you know, we could maybe oh, yeah. suggest something just as people who run the show uh, on a weekly basis, but and maybe we can try to get him back on uh, after they've spent some time in the hub. Absolutely, we could do that. Or well, we could go on location. See, ah, oh. see, management, <laughs> big hitter, the management. Management comes swinging for the fences. Management, listen, Jay, Danny, you heard it. All of our listeners heard it. He just oh, suggested. Oh, down to Florida. <laughs> he just suggested that we go to location if they let us in. And if you guys are tied up with, you know, high school stuff, I can, I can pop down there and take care well, of that I one. know the guy for our, the three of us. I know you guys are busy this time of year. Yeah, I know. But, but listen, for the three of us, other guys on here, I know the guy that creates the schedule. I know him really well. <laughs> so we can make sure we have that weekend off. But, but my point is though, my point is if you suggested it and I mean, essentially you're our, you're our boss, it's a work trip, right? Ooh, that's a full oh, right off. Written that's off. a yeah, full right off. Oh, yeah, right, <laughs> full right, right off right there. All right. Danny's already Danny's already on the internet finding finding flights done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we're renting an RV. We're going that way. Do we want a hotel or Airbnb? Airbnb, Airbnb. get a pool. Oh no, well, we're gonna have to go on site, so we gotta get clear, we gotta get tested when we get to the resort. I mean, Bob, in, in fairness, Bob did bring up the fact of Hey, why not? After about a couple of weeks, once it gets started, let's let's circle back and let's yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. how it's going. So that was really cool, and that's actually when you said, "Why don't we do it on location?" Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, we'll definitely check back in with them. Yeah, sure. absolutely, absolutely. Cool, cool. Well, hey, listen, it's been a busy week uh, in sports. Uh, I, I, anything from high school hockey, college. Uh, we had a pro game that got underway that we're going to talk about in the news. Uh, the Cleveland Indians are changing their name. So wow. everything is, is gone uh, crazy in 2020. Uh, I saw this funny thing on, online today. It said, if you think 2020 was bad, just wait till 2000 turns 21 next year and he's allowed to drink. <laughs> so, oh, Jesus. All right. Uh, but anyhow, so what's going on with you guys? Danny, how you been? I see you got your beautiful little boy there, Emmett. Emmett's joining us here. Yeah, he's uh, singing in the background right now. But um, so today is Monday, December 14th. Um, my boss, so the director of the IT department, always takes a two to three week vacation around this time. So he still kept his vacation, you know, rightfully earned it after this uh, year that we're having. 
And of course, the first day that he's on vacation, um, I'm driving into work and I get a phone call that Google is down. Didn't they get hacked? Didn't they get I, hacked or something? They got hijacked. Know. Yeah, something power went out. I don't know. So it was an absolute shit show for about 20 minutes of just sending phone calls home to parents. And, you know, at first I'm like, oh, I'll send an email out to the entire to the entire staff, letting them know Google's down. Well, they don't have if Google's down, they can't get to their Gmail. Right. <laughs> so um and it was basically that so every school in the country that's remote learning probably was down yeah i mean it was global my sons was yeah my sons was out half of europe was out only missed a period but india was out so it just you you think you had a rough day imagine the head tech engineer at google (laughs) yeah oh he's probably at home right now he's probably at home right now going do i have a job anymore or what he hasn't left Google. He's trying to reprogram the whole place. Right, right. Well, Danny, glad you got through it. Uh, you know what? That is a typical Monday. Uh, in I don't know, most Mondays are not usually good, but that's a bad one right there. Love, what's going on with you? Uh, nothing much. Um, you know, same typical work stuff. I did, however, uh, watch the uh, uh, police chase. I watched a police chase last week. Um, I was uh, working on the west side of Cleveland. And I was at a gas station, uh, filling up, if you will. And I look out my side mirror and there's a police officer. He's speaking with the vehicle and I'm like, okay, that's whatever. Maybe he knows him. Who knows? And so I go into the store to get my drink for the day. And I happen to see them. I happen to see the driver come out, hands raised, go to the police car. Then I happen to see the passenger come out, go to the police car. I'm like, well, that can't be good for anybody. All of a sudden, they, they, the gentleman in the back seat gets out of the car and he proceeds to put his hands on the trunk and he's being frisked. And I'm paying at the inside. I'm like, oh, that's not good. And the guy's like, no, nah, this might not end well. And I was like, oh, so, so you're out of you're out, actually out, you're not going through a drive through. You're out of your no, car. I'm out of my vehicle. Yes, I'm okay. out of my vehicle at the gas station. And so I walk out and I open my car door and I go to step into my my vehicle. And all of a sudden, the person that once had his hands on the trunk is now about to be handcuffed. Key part of it, about to be. Because he shook loose. Oh, no. Dropped his puffy jacket and bolted across the four-lane intersection. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, this is right out of TV. This is unbelievable. Well, of course, I don't, I, I don't have the wherewithal to pull my phone out and video this. So the guy, this guy runs out of the gas station with his, he's filming the whole thing. I'm like, get out of the way, dude. I want to watch this. First police officer takes off running with him. Now you got to go across four lanes and, and you guys, uh, sorry, I know, you know, where this, this took place and Danny, you know, where this took place. And this is in a a very busy uh, intersection that has a major mall area to it. And this, this, the, the, the the perpetrator, if you will, uh, bolted. I mean, he didn't wait for traffic. The first police officer did. The second police officer is coming behind him and he's got, you know, he's got the radio on the shoulder and he looks over his shoulder and I don't remember the name, but he yells out like, Sophia, Sophia, Sophia. Well, one of the police officers that was still at the pump went to a car door and opened it up and this dog bolts out of the car. Full spin <laughs> to where the ha- he ran to the handler. Obviously he was calling the handler. 
he had to grab the handler or I'm sorry, the handler had to grab the dog, obviously. And so that the dog didn't just bolt through traffic. And so it was very interesting to actually be present and listen to the handler go, find him, find him. <laughs> well, they did. And uh, a gentleman uh, took off running uh, parallel to where I was located and he hit some ice and he fell. And so of course, you know, being curious, i.e. creeping, yeah. uh, I, I decided to, I decided to follow the path that, that they were heading and uh, it took no more than two minutes. And the, uh, the gentleman was in cuffs uh, and the handler had the dog and the first police officer had him. And I was like, unreal. Did the dog get did the dog, like track the dude down? No, no. So, so he never got attacked by the dog. The, the, he never got attacked by the dog. I do believe he heard the dog bark and that's what caused him to turn, look and run into a snowbank. Because I know when I watch, I'm, I'm literally watching inside mirrors in my rear view. I watched his dog bolt through the parking lot. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm immediately trying to find a tree to climb, lay down, you know, cover my face. You ain't run, out running the dog. Right. Well, Listen, I, I, yeah, I, know, I know we have a busy show, but I, I know I told Jay this story, but this story is, a, is, oh. a, is an absolute <laughs> trip. So it was like three years ago. Uh, we had we we had a new neighbor move in into our development. Young young guy, him his fiance moved in, and and um, he's a canine cop in the town that I live in. So he's got this German Shepherd uh, named Hector, and I I you know I never met the dog before, and and truthfully I I only really kind of met this guy once or twice in my life, and. Uh, up to that point, right? So it's the night before Thanksgiving and back in real time when you could go to a bar before the night before Thanksgiving, which was a, a big night to go out. Uh, we're at the local uh, uh, establishment. It's right down the street. And uh, he was there. And so we just get talking. You know, I haven't. I, I knew who he was. He knew who I was. We haven't really talked much. So we talked all night, just y- yucked it up, had a great time. And, and I mean, Fast forward three years, we're, we're, you know, him and his uh, wife now and everyone in the neighborhood real, real, real tight. So we're talking this and that. So uh, it was Thanksgiving the next day. And he calls me or he texts me and he goes, hey, Sully, are you home? And I said, yeah. He goes, hey, we're out at uh, his wife's or at the time fiance, but his wife's uh, family's house. And he's like, we're not going to make it home. We we're not good. We can't drive. I, they enjoyed themselves. I love it. Right. Hey, can you go let Hector out? I go and me not even thinking, I'm like, sure. I literally hang the phone up and I'm like, what in the hell did I just do? <laughs> right. So we'll break into Hector's house. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> I, and I've never met this dog. He's a freaking canine dog. Right. Big old. And, and I, I love German shepherds. My neighbor down the road has beautiful German shepherds, but I'm like, oh my gosh! So, <laughs> my uh, another buddy of mine is coming home from his parents' house down eight, uh, Route 83. Calls me and he goes, "Hey, wh- what are you doing? You want to have have a, a drink?" I'm like, "Where are you at?" He goes, "Route 83." I'm like, "Come on over. Get to help me with something." <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't tell him what he had to help me with, right? So he stops over, and I, I said, "Listen." My neighbor around the, the way here is, uh, he's a canine cop and his dog's home and his dog needs to go to the bathroom. Uh, I've never met the dog. I said, will you go with me over there? So he's like, yeah, sure. Let's go. 
So I go over there and I open up, I get the code, I open up the garage and I'm literally walking into the garage of the door. And I'm like, Hector, hey bear. Hey Hector, bear. <laughs> right? Yeah, I wasn't snowball. Hey, what's up, snowball? Hey, snowball. <laughs> hey, snowball. Hello, no, snowball. So I was like, Hector, Hector, and I, and I'm now standing at the door, and it's a kind of a, a real narrow uh, walkway, and I can hear like his tail whacking against the two walls, like he's excited. I'm like, oh boy. So I open, I literally crack the door. I'm like, Hector. And you, his snout like comes right out the door. I'm like, oh geez, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? And I, I, I'm like dumbass. I put my hand there so he can smell me, right? I'm like, yeah. yeah. And and all of a sudden, I open up the door, and I'm like, you, you want to go potty? Boom! Right to the back door he goes. Like this dog had to go, right? I open up the the door. I feel good, man. I feel really good. He's out there in the backyard, goes to the bathroom, running around crazy, this and that. And I'm standing on his deck and all of a sudden, like he stops, and he's staring at me. I'm like, Oh shoot. I didn't say, Oh shoot though. Right? <laughs> and he starts coming at me. Right. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. No, I, I literally am backing up and, and my, our buddy Bubba's like, Oh God. And so Hector sprints right through us, right back in the house. I'm like, Oh, good, thank God. so I go in the house. I go in the house and I'm like, all right, I shut the back door, the slider. I'm like, Hector, come here, Hector, Hector. And and I notice that the door that I originally came in is still open and oh. he ran out that door. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm right, I'm outside down the front yard. Man, they, this, dog is, this dog is three houses down. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, Hector, get over here. I'm screaming at this dog, right? <laughs> I wish I knew some damn German to get his ass over here, right? I'm like, get over here, get over here. And so he comes right back and he goes in the house, whatever. But it took me about a year to tell this guy that the dog ran out the front. Yeah, front. Of the house. Did you finally tell him? I, after about a year, I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I know he listens to our show, so if he doesn't remember telling him, uh, guess what? I just told you. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. So well, hey, well, we have management here, and I thought it was like. This is D-Day, right? This is evaluation oh. day. He was going to come online and he was going to do us live, tell everybody how bad we, we do with things. Why have you been missing so many weeks? You know, you're getting tardy chat. You're, you know, they're checking off the tardy list. What, here's what's what, here's what I don't understand, though, Jay. We've been getting text messages all week about how great last week's show was. And then he texts us today. He's like, I need to come on and supervise. Yeah. What? I know. What is that? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, I saw him at the I saw him at a rink uh, over the weekend, and uh, he was fully masked, of course, because he's you know Boy Scout and all. And so uh, he looked and he goes, "Getting good numbers from uh, two weeks ago." I said, "Well, that's cool. That's awesome." He goes, "Yeah, you weren't on." Yeah. <laughs> and I went, "Well, that's how we're gonna do this." Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Hey, hey. Fair. Oh. Wow. Wow. Hey, Jay, anytime you're supposed to do, anytime you're supposed to go tonight, just mute. Good night. <laughs> well, oh, well, last Scott, week was awesome. Yeah, what's going on with you, Scott? Uh, well, I'm not going to try to top either of those stories, and we don't have the time to do it, anyways. But now, just trying to wrap up stuff at work. My, uh, we had a, a good. Uh, Good news, bad news call with my boss today. Basically, it was that 
as soon as you get your to-do list done, you can take off for the rest of the year. But my to-do list has like three weeks worth of stuff on it. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was off the board all last week doing a, taking a class, actually, a certification course. So if I pass my exam, I'll be a certified economic development professional. Oh, boy. That, that's what you do? Which would be good since I've been doing the job for three years. It's nice that I finally figured out <laughs> what all those numbers meant, all those abbreviations meant. I only ask that because for we've known, we've known each other for a very long time and people have always asked me, what does Harrington do besides run the digest and, and, and absolutely one of the best hands down the best uh, fantasy hockey leagues known to man. Yeah. I don't run it anymore though. No, no. Turned it over. I retired who? as so commissioner. Who? Who'd you turn it over to? Wow. Uh, it's a guy, he's a, the old IT guy for the Cavs from when I worked, uh, okay. Ago. But, okay. uh, you know, I, I think our I buddy think, Tyler is supposed to be as a co-commissioner, but he doesn't do anything. I think, next, I think next week we need to, we need to really get into how you ran that league. Like, like we, we oh, won't even, yeah. we won't even talk about what, how our weeks were, you know, but we got, I, our listeners have to hear where the draft was, all that other oh, stuff. Yeah. So uh, it became one of those things where we would give each other a hard time about, oh, you're taking it so serious. No, you're taking it. So then the joke, we all started to, trying to outdo each other with how guys would have music they would play when they went up to make their picks. Yeah. And then we had we're, a podium. We, uh, yeah, it was a good time. We need well, to do, we, we need to we do that gonna, one online. We need to right. do that one. And yeah, I, I, mean, I did sorry, actually talk to, and if Tyler does listen to these, he actually does, he does writing and stuff for the thing. But we talked about doing a fantasy episode, fantasy hockey episode yeah. at some point. He's ready. Yeah. And I talked to him the other day. He's ready. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah, Scotty, bring that up to you. Yeah, he mentioned something about that. I'm like, don't lie to me. You two are in cahoots to do this. I know. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> this episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest on air podcast is brought to you by Team Ohio. Time in the rink as a Team Ohio player is about more than competition. It's about seizing opportunities to grow as athletes, being a great teammate and part of a community. Go to TeamOhio.com to learn more. Well, guys, uh, there's a lot going on, uh, not only in, in personal lives, but also in hockey world. So let's check out what's new in the Ohio Hockey Digest. There was finally pro hockey in Ohio last week. Well, right across the Ohio River, anyhow. The Wheeling Nailers opened their ECHL season on Saturday night with a 3-2 loss to the Indy Fuel. Michael Jolie scored with three minutes and 11 seconds left in the game to get wheeling within a goal, but the Nailers, playing their first game in 276 days, were not able to get the equalizer. It sounds like Columbus Blue Jackets will be getting underway with the rest of the NHL in January, and the Cleveland Monsters of the American Hockey League and the Toledo Walleye of the East Coast Hockey League are scheduled to start their abbreviated seasons in February. But the Nailers are the first pro team in the Ohio Hockey Digest coverage area to play a game this season. They are back in action at home this Friday and Saturday with a two-game set against the Orlando Solar Bears. Michael Carr, who tended goal for the Gilmore Academy prep team for two seasons, made his NCAA debut last week for Bemidji State University. It has been a long road for Carr, who played two seasons of junior A hockey in Ontario after leaving Gilmore then worked hard in practice without seeing any game action as a freshman. 
He says his time at Gilmore helped prepare him for living away from home in junior hockey and college. Going to prep school and, and you know, moving away from home kind of helped you, uh, like, really prepare on, like, being, you know, kind of just being independent. I mean, you had to, to sort of learn how to, to fend for yourself a lot. And, um, you know, it was uh, it was really nice because, you know, Cholino and, and all the um, – all the, the teachers and the staff were all there to help. But like at the end of the day, it was sort of up to yourself to, uh, to really, you know, make it work and be successful. And I think, you know, moving away, like, you know, cause Gilmore was only two hours from my house. So I was still pretty close to home, but you know, when I moved up to Canada, I was 11, 12 hours away. And so, you know, you really kind of had to learn how to fend for yourself, but you know, and then especially in college, it's, it's just such a different, different like atmosphere in terms of like the education and, and um, the, the expectations of the school. But, you know, I think, um, you know, just having gone through that experience has, has helped me so much with, you know, just being able to rise to the occasion, I suppose, if that makes any sense. It's, it's more of, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's a challenge. I mean, you know, moving up and, in hockey and in life. I mean, it's, it certainly is a challenge. I mean, when you go through that next step and I think that, you know, Chilino's pro coach Chilino's program is, is sort of based around preparing you for that, that next step in life. And, and, uh, you know, I, I think about, you know, my time at Gilmore quite a bit and um, you know, how much it's helped me get to where I am today. You know, Zach Driscoll, one of the top goaltenders in the NCAA is a senior at Bemidji. And although he has made it, tougher for Carr to get his playing time early in his career. Carr knows he stands to benefit from playing with and learning from Driscoll, who posted a 21-4-8 record with a 1.68 goals against average and a .937 save percentage last year, as he tries to position himself to be in line for the number one job when it opens up next year. You know, him and I have had, you know, several good conversations about, um, you know, college hockey and, and um, you know, just pretty much just performing. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, especially now with, with all the, you know, the stuff that's going on and in the news and with, with COVID and the government and everything, you know, he's, he's really helped me kind of just stay focused on, you know, what's important. I mean, he's really the kind of guy that leads by example, but, you know, he's, he's more than willing to, to talk you down if you need it. So, you know, having him around has just been such a great resource and, you know, he's just, he's one of those guys that, you know, there's a, uh, you're, uh, you're going to be hard pressed to find a guy that's, that's got his kind of character. An order from the Lucas County division of health has kept Sylvania Northview off the ice this month, but Wildcats head coach, Steve Elliott is still hoping to get permission from the school superintendent to travel to Strongsville to compete in the Padua holiday hockey tournament this weekend. We are previewing the Padua tournament on the show tonight. So we'll get into it some more later, but as we tape this show on Monday night, Northview still does not know if it will be able to compete in the tournament, which begins Friday. So Northview Hockey is hoping to attend uh, our tournament over the holiday break. Um, both of those have been on the schedule for a long time, including this Padua tournament, which is a annual tradition that we go to. Um, we've been headed to that, I want to say, since 2007. So this has marked 13 or 14 straight years that we've gone to this tournament. So it is our hope that we'll be allowed to travel. Uh, to this tournament. Um, obviously, the schedules are out, and, and it's important for those reasons. Obviously, uh, the cost associated with it is also an important piece to this. So, 
Uh, this decision affects a variety of things. So outside of the Lucas County Health Board changing their decision, uh, we do have a meeting with our superintendent tomorrow. Uh, we have a noon Zoom meeting uh, in which we are going to ask if uh, for those factors and the fact that we're not trying to go around the mandate by uh, seeking extra gains, we are simply just asking to attend the ones that were already on our schedule as we have followed all the guidelines that have been placed upon us. Avon Lake native Hunter Cherney, a former Cleveland Barons player, has been named as the head video coordinator for the NHL's Arizona Coyotes. Cherney, 28, played with the Barons through U18 and spent three years as a video coordinator for the Providence Bruins before moving up to Boston last year. He also has experience with the Seattle Thunderbirds of the Western Hockey League, Saginaw Spirit of the OHL, and Cleveland Monsters. His responsibilities with the Coyotes under new general manager and former Cleveland Lumberjack defenseman Bill Armstrong will include overseeing all video needs of the Coyotes coaching staff, pre-scouting opponents, and breaking down game video with Coyotes players and coaches. Cherney, who fell in love with hockey going to Cleveland Lumberjacks games as a kid, got his starting coaching with a hockey ops internship in Saginaw of the OHL. In 2001, Dublin Kaufman student and hockey player Adam Elgeyer tragically lost his life in a car accident. The Adam Elgeyer Memorial Tournament was started a year later with proceeds going to a fund in Adam's name to provide scholarships of financial assistance to families that may not be able to afford the annual cost of ice hockey. Each year, the tournament continues to honor Adam, his love of hockey and being a part of a team. Unfortunately, the Allegaire tournament has been postponed due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. But the Dublin High School Hockey Association encouraged supporters to make donations to DHSHA in Adam Allegaire's name. With your help, the DHSHA can meet its goal of $6,000 to help those players in need of financial support. You can find the link to the GoFundMe account at the top of the front page at the OhioHockeyDigest.com. This weekend, the 24th annual Padua Holiday Hockey Tournament will take place. In a normal year, the Padua Tournament serves as an excellent touchstone for many of the top programs from around the state as they see how they measure up as we head into the holiday season. This certainly is not a normal year but this is still a significant event for the high school hockey in Ohio. The event has already been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic, and maybe this is appropriate for 2020. To help us sort through this, we are going to bring Perry Cohagen. Perry is the head coach of the Padua Franciscan Bruins. He graduated from Padua in 1989 after leading the Bruins to back-to-back -back state titles under then-head coach Doug Hauser, and went on to play at Harvard and professionally in Europe. Please welcome to On Air, Perry Cohagen. Welcome, Perry. Good evening, guys. How's everybody doing? Doing great. Doing, doing great. Doing well, bud. Doing well. Hey, first of all, thanks for taking the time to come on and, and talk to us about uh, the 24th annual Padua Holiday Hockey Tournament. And for those that are listening, uh, the Padua Hol Holiday Hockey Tournament has been a benchmark uh, in the state of Ohio uh, when it comes to uh, hockey. You, you, you guys have always brought in the top of the top and you know it's i i kind of correlate this to if our listeners remember and i know we probably all do you know you got the men or me grinder or, or the the iron man at walsh jesuit when it comes to wrestling right and and this is exactly what this tournament represents you bring the best of the best into your uh tournament 
and you kind of sort it out from there. So it's it's a great tournament. So can you talk to us about the history of the Padua Holiday Hockey Tournament? Sure. And, uh, you know, un- unfortunately, and Tim, I think you're in the same boat as me. Uh, they didn't have it when we were playing. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, but it is, you know, this is the 24th annual. Does that mean we've been so, out? Of, we, we, we're old then, Perry, if that's what you we're mean. We're really old. I think that's exactly what I'm saying there, Tim. Uh, we're, we're really old. Um, so, and I can only, you know, I can only say I, I wish this was around when, when we were playing because it is, uh, it's really impressive. This is my uh, fourth year as head coach in the tournament um, and my sixth year total. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm really 24 years. I'm still a newbie when it comes to this tournament, but, um, you know, the history of it is, is, is just high quality hockey for a really, really long time, year in and year out. And I mean, right now, you know, let's just say the original group that was supposed to be in the tournament this year, you know, accounted for 30 state championships, which is, which is just, it's, it's a huge number. So, um, and, and that's all, you know, that's spread out too. That's not just like, you know, we haven't had some kind of dynasty somewhere, a uh, little jab at heads there. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Why would you jab them, man? Come on, bro. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, it just goes to show you the, the quality of the teams. I mean, just, you know, some little factoids, right? Uh, there was a 12 year span from 06 to 2017. Uh, where 10 of those 12 years, both teams in the state finals had played in the tournament. So there is, you know, there's, there's a lot of reason to believe somewhere along the line on the weekend, you're going to see a matchup that you might see later on uh, for some real hardware on the state side. And, um, you know, last year, 10 of the four, 10 of the uh, teams in the top 14 in the state ranked, we're playing a tournament, you know, so that's, I mean, it is, it is really, you call it a benchmark. I mean, it is the, it is the kind of, it's not quite mid season, but kind of the mid season showcase of what Ohio high school hockey is really all about. I mean, Um, it it definitely is. Yeah. It definitely is. Regardless of the actual halfway point, it's definitely the, this is your, you know, you, you start out in November, you start in October with your practices going to November. This is your proving ground to see where you stand going forward. That's exact. That's exactly right. And, Sorry, and I mean, one of the, one of the really great things, um, you know, is like last year, upper Arlington beat Liberty three to one in last year's championship game. It's the first time that a, that a Cleveland team was not in the final. Now, that really tells you the state of hockey in Columbus and how far they've come. Uh, and, and, you know, we're very happy to welcome those teams into this now because they are extremely, extremely competitive. They're right there with all of us. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's whether it'll be this year, but at 12 teams, you know, representing all the districts in the state championship, you know, it, that that's a pretty cool thing. And I also think, Tim, I, you know, this is probably something, you know, we all appreciate. We take really great strides to try to make sure that we're not playing the same teams. We're not playing local teams. We're getting to play Columbus teams and Toledo teams and Toledo teams are playing Columbus and Cleveland and so on and so on. And I think that's a, 
I think that's one of the reasons that the tournament is very popular. And I'll tell you, you know, there is a long waiting list sure. to get into this thing. Um, everybody wants in. And, 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 and rightfully so. And like I talked about in the intro, you know, it is a, it is a, I use the word benchmark, but I mean, the Padua holiday tournament, people watch it from all over the state and it, not even, I mean, from outside the state too. I mean, some of the teams that like, I mean, like a Meadville, like if you, if Meadville, Pennsylvania, you know, you, they, we know the tr- rich tradition of hockey there, they would love to come to that tournament. Right. Oh yeah. But, oh, but yeah. what, what you guys have done Perry, and I, I really appreciate this. And like I mentioned earlier is you have, you have actually previewed uh, possibly what maybe the final eight or, and if you look at all four districts, uh, maybe the final eight teams that might end up uh, in each district final, uh, you know, with what you said, you know, you usually have 12 teams and I know it started with six and then you moved down to 10 and now you're at 12, but you have, uh, let's talk about this year. And yep. there's a lot of moving pieces. Uh, I mean, we're recording this on oh, Monday yeah. night. It's not going to air till Thursday or Friday. Uh, but from Monday to, to Thursday or Friday, there's going to be some changes. Um, we know university school and, and Olentangy Liberty will not be able to compete. Correct. That is correct. Okay. Um, um, go ahead. Yeah. Well, so, uh, you know, when, when university school let us know that they weren't going to be able to be there, uh, we were, like I said, we have a waiting list. Um, and uh, luckily, you know, Walsh stepped into that void which is great because that's another quality quality team locally here yes so we get to you know we're replacing a local team with a local team so you know we can maintain this you know we're trying to play other teams that being said another one of the challenges we face this year is and and you can imagine a 12-team tournament you know playing guaranteeing four games we have we use every bit of ice at the rink for three days and um, we actually had to move some of the games from our Saturday night into Friday afternoon because of the curfew. So that represented a challenge. Now you're asking schools to get there early and, and things like that. Um, Jay, don't, even get, don't even get me started on this because there's a Browns game tonight at 820 with 12,000 people in the stadium. So don't even get me started, Perry. Right. I know. <laughs> I know. So, so we're not we bringing have, in millions of dollars. That's the difference. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, it's kind of a bummer this year because we're limited on the spectator side. Sure. Because, oh, because yeah. there's, there's no doubt. I mean, there is no doubt that this is a draw and we get a lot of fans and a lot of, you know, neutrals that just come, want to come and watch good hockey. What um, is, what is, what is the protocol for the weekend for, for our listeners that may not have access to, you know, as, as the coaches know already going in, what the protocols will be, what is the protocol for a spectator that may want to just show up and, and come and see a game? And the protocol is they can't. Um, <laughs> wow. So, hey, Debbie Downer. Holy. <laughs> so unfortunately um, the, all, all the tickets uh, are, are able to be purchased online at uh, paddlebruins.com. They are limited to, two spectators per player does it have to be parents or can it be two just two tickets it it's it's uh it can be anybody you would like to come but the individual teams are sending out the inform the ticketing information primarily to the families and then if they so they can purchase tickets for someone else to Mm -hmm. use but they're limited to two per 
transaction. Okay. Is is there a a, a streaming device uh, in the arenas that people can watch online or? Live Barn, Live OBM Arena in Strongsville is a Live Barn Arena. Um, and actually, you know, every Live Barn uh, video is a little different depending on the size of the rank and where they have the camera. Uh, the OBM one is actually pretty good. So um, you can see the whole ice and you can see pretty much the whole game. Nice. nice. And, and like you mentioned earlier, you guys do a really good job of making sure that Cleveland teams don't play Cleveland teams and Toledo teams don't play Toledo teams and Columbus teams don't play Columbus teams. Um, and, and that's, I think that's, that is a, and you know, this Perry, and we've talked about this before. That's a major draw to, to be able to get the top teams in the state up. So they're not playing the same competition over and over again. Um, this is different this year. Uh, so we might have Cleveland teams playing Cleveland teams or Toledo team playing, playing Toledo teams. But as, I mean, I'm sure you're, you're in the same boat as we all are. That's Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and I think, I mean, I think everybody, especially all the coaches who've been going through scheduling nightmares can understand, you know, look, there's going to be teams that just can't get there on Friday afternoon at noon. Right. And that's going to mix up the bracket. So, you know, we might have a couple of local teams playing each other in the afternoon on Friday because they're in town. Right. And it just is what it is this year. Um, it's obviously not our goal. And I will tell you, uh, between my athletic director, Kevin Lee and I, you know, you want to try to play a fun game. It's like a puzzle trying to get all these teams to in brackets and try not to play a local team or, or, you know, have enough time in between the games. Yeah. That's as fair and equitable as possible. Um, this has been just a crazy, you know, and then somebody drops out and <laughs> you got to replace them with somebody. And now it all starts over again. And so you've, t you've tapped into the waiting list with Walsh. Yes. Uh, we found out today Liberty's out, so you're going to have to get at least one more. And then uh, I know you don't know if Northview's coming or not, because I just talked to Steve Elliott, and he doesn't know if he's coming or not. Correct. But there's potentially so, two more teams. Well, so there's, I th there's, there is a possibility we will go down to 10 teams. 10 teams, yes. Um, because yet while we have the waiting list, uh, as we all know, come Friday morning, somebody might disappear. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, and, it, you know, it, we, we talk about this period and I, last Friday we had a game at 6 PM and it was noon and I had a buddy of mine call me and said, who do you play tonight? And I said, well, it's noon. I'm not quite sure yet. That's right. This is who I'm scheduled to play. But, it, and that's, that's. You know, as you and Kevin, you and, and and Kevin and you guys do an unbelievable job organizing this this uh, um, tournament. And I will say this: I mean, selfishly, I am going to miss the coaches' room upstairs because you guys always provide really good food, and I'm going to miss that this year. Well, but that that was my next question. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> but but I know what's going to happen is Lev, they're going to come back stronger next year with uh, the food. So I don't know how they can. Well, I really don't. Yeah. And, and, and Perry, in all fairness, I don't bring any sort of substance to this podcast. I'm more of comic relief and saying stupid stuff. <laughs> but you guys always take care of everyone. You take care of the teams. You take care of the coaches. You take care of the officials. You take care of the minor officials. That hospitality room you guys have is second to none. I was really hoping if we, if I were a mask, can I just get one of those sausage sandwiches on a Saturday? They're, they're to die for. I'm not even joking with you either. Yeah. 
no. Well, my, my personal favorite is the Buffalo chicken wraps. Okay. Really yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and it's, it's, it's part of the whole package and, um, you know, it's what makes people want to come back. And I mean, there, and there's even some nice little traditions again this year. It's, it's tough, but, um, every, every year on Sunday morning, yep. uh, We've lent out our locker room to St. Francis, who actually holds a mass on on Sunday at the rink in our locker room, um, which I think is fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. and that's just another, you know, it's just another example or anecdote of, you know, this is really, it, it's been a very very consistent group of of teams yeah. for many many years, um, and so you start to build those relationships that you might not have built otherwise without this kind of, Hey, see in December at OBM, you know? Right. You mentioned uh, that last year was the first time a Cleveland team has not been in the finals. Right. Um, You know, I, I, I would never, if you weren't a head coach of a team, I, I propose this question differently, but um, can you just talk since you're representing the tournament, can you talk a little bit? Now I don't want you to go through, but just, you know, Scott's going to go through all the Cleveland teams here uh, okay. in a little bit. But, you know, can you can you name the Cleveland teams that are in the tournament? Uh, it's going to be uh, St. Edward, Shaker, Walsh, Padua, Holy Name. Yeah, that's it. Okay. All right, good. And then we're going to be talking later on in, in the podcast to uh, some uh, guys from mm-hmm. Columbus and Toledo that are going to talk about those teams that are in the tournament as well. Uh, so it's a, it's a pretty stacked Cleveland group. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, the GLHL obviously is, is, you know, primarily represented and, and I mean, we're, we're proud of that fact. It's the league we play in. Um, and as we said that, you know, the GLHL has been producing finalists pretty much every year for many, many years. So, mm-hmm. You know that it, it it just kind of makes sense that it's a lot of GLHL teams, right? And university would have been there as well, but because Correct. of COVID nineteen. So, all right, yeah. So let's talk about the Bruins a little bit. I have not seen your team play yet this year, but it looks like uh, yeah, you've had a lot I. of close games. <laughs> Spoken like a true coach, right? Hey, there. hey yeah. Perry, do you want Lev and I to take our earphones out right now? No, no, that's okay. <laughs> That's but it looks okay. like you've had a lot of a lot of close games, and uh, I just wanted to – I know you've got a young team. wanted to hear you, you know, just talk about the progress you've made a little bit. I know last year you had two absolutely sensational freshmen. Uh, Shane Hellman scored 19 goals, and uh, your goaltender made just a ton of saves and kept you in a lot of games, Aiden Knox. Uh, so they're sophomores now, and uh, how's, how's your season gone so far, the first eight or ten games you've had to play? Yeah, well um... – like a lot of teams, uh, I've yet to see my whole team together. We haven't had even one single practice with everybody between quarantines, injuries, what have you. Um, so, you know, and, but it's, that's not unique to us. That's everybody's experience in that same thing. So, you know, for a team, for a team that hasn't won a lot. So this, again, this is my fourth year. So the seniors are kind of my first class. Um, you know, and they've been playing, they've been playing every year since they were freshmen. So, you know, we're bigger, we're stronger, we're experienced. 
um, the the younger guys on the team, the the the, the other classes, um, really are a lot more talented than we've had in the in the past. So, you know, you see like like you said, you see a lot of close games. Well, you know what? We got to learn how to win. We got to learn how to compete. You know, with expectations, and and that's a tough thing for these young men to learn. Um, but I, I'm pretty excited about the trajectory, um, the development of these seniors, you know, has been probably one of the things we're most proud of, uh, how far they've actually come from where they were. And we see pictures of, you know, team photos and, and we just keep getting a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger <laughs> and a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, that, that makes you kind of appreciate how one, how hard it is, but two, how hard they've worked. And um, so I'm real, I'm real proud of this senior group. Um, And really, you know, I owe it to them in terms of the, the talent that we've been able to assemble in the younger classes. It really is a tribute to them. Um, You know, their perseverance and their, and their dedication that people watched and said, I might want to be part of that. And I mean, I, when I took over, I inherited 11 players. So we're at 23 now. So, you know, that's that it's starting to show now. So, but we gotta, we gotta put results up and, and that's really the hump we have to get over right now. Well, certainly a big test coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, Whoever you end up playing, you're going to have, you know, four games against some solid opponents. Uh, let's talk about Tim's team now. Um, St. Ed's won the Padua tournament in 2018, although Tim cannot and Lev cannot take credit for that for that one. Um, but you're coming off some big wins over Gilmore and Ignatius this weekend, and uh, I know you guys already saw St. Francis uh, last month, and hopefully we'll get to see a rematch with them. Well, right now it's scheduled to be at three o'clock on Friday. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, we when we played them up there, they are, <clears throat> excuse me, they are a fast, physical. Um, they're a really good team. They can go, and so I, I look forward to that that game. Um, you know, I, and again, with with the way the schedules work out, if we play them, good. If we don't, it is what it is. And and um, but look forward to playing them. They got a, They got a good team. So you know, but my guys have been my guys have been really uh, hunkering down uh, lately, and. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're playing some, some good hockey and, and, but most importantly, uh, this group of guys like you, Perry, uh, love and I inherited, um, they're having fun. They're having a really good time. They're having fun. Um, and you know, they're, ex- it, they're excited. We're playing. Right. And I think that's the key to this whole thing yep. right now is, is let, let's, you know, listen, we, we, we play and I'm not, a, I'm not a trophy. Everybody gets a trophy kind of guy. Trust me. I'm not but this whole COVID thing has really kind of changed my mentality of, you know what guys, let's get out there and play. This is what we love to do. Um, and I, I sent an email to my, my parent group the other week. And I said, listen, we're going to go down to Liberty. We just got the game two days ago. I know we just played them a week ago, but I feel like this is going to be happening. We're going to be playing the same teams over and over again, which in a traditional schedule, you don't want to do that. But at this point, the kids want to get on the ice. I see, and Perry, like you said, you haven't had your whole team there for a practice. 
when those kids come back and they get on the ice, my gosh, they look, these kids look like they're seven years old and it's Santa like Christmas. Claus. It's like right. Christmas. Yeah. 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 You know? and, and it's, and it's a, it's a great feeling to get them back, to get them back to what they love to do. Um, I, you know, I don't know if, if, Listen, we're we're talking about fourteen to to eighteen year old uh, boys to young men, right? And in the sense of appreciation, they might appreciate it more when they're twenty five, twenty six, when they you know when they realize it. But I'm starting to sense a little bit of that, like the appreciation of oh my gosh, we get to put the jersey on today, we get to go in and play, whether or not it's in front of just parents or nobody, you know. So you know, there's been I've told stories on this podcast. You know, there's many times that my daughter's playing varsity volleyball where no one was allowed to go and it's just an empty gym. And she comes out there with the biggest smile. She's like, dad, we played today. Yeah. So that's, that's because that, nobody's screaming at him. Well, right. You know, but, <laughs> but well, Tim, Tim, I mean, just to give you another anecdote, you mentioned the Liberty one uh, this past weekend, my senior night, we played Walsh. There was a strong possibility that we were going to play Walsh at the same rink the very next night for their senior night. Yeah, because they had a team right. drop out. Yeah. So we would have played Walsh twice in 24 hours on each of our once as a visitor, once as a home team in the same rank for senior night. Yeah, for and, both and, of us. And and you bring up a good point because you know we're all talking about do we see do we do senior night now. in December, right? We that's why we did it. A- mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and again, Perry, I'm in a tough spot because I I don't have another home game until mid January. At mid or late January at the earliest. So I yeah, even sent it out to my parent group and I'm like, Hey, let's cr- cross our fingers. You know what I mean? So th- to answer your question, Scott, you know, I, I, uh, you know, Lev and I are, are, you know, we're happy with the way the guys are playing now, but more importantly, we're happy with how much fun they're having. Yeah, right. That's great. So and, and for, and, can, I, can I just add, can I just add something to that? Sure. Um, I mean, I, I wholeheartedly agree with everything you said. I, I'm seeing the same thing. Um, and you know, when the schools are, when we're communicating with the administration and things like that, you know, especially hockey teams, which are offsite, you know, they're very concerned about what's going on and are we following protocols? And I tell them every time these boys will do whatever it takes Mm -hmm. to get on the ice, whatever it takes. If I tell them, you know, they have to wear hazmat suits, they'll show up in hazmat suits. They don't care. sir. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, I really appreciate that. Although we were joking the other night, I, me and the Walsh coach that 65% of our coaching advice now is put your mask on, get away from each other. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Perry, if I say, get your damn mask on one more time, right. I'm All the losing time. my mind, dude. <laughs> but, but, but you know what though? I, and I, and I shouldn't say that cause I, I say it. I mean, listen, there's how many times have we gotten out of the car and started walking up to the grocery store or whatever? I'm like, Oh God, forgot my mask. Right. So you can't, I mean, you can't get frustrated. We get frustrated. We can't get mad, whatever. But like you said, I mean, we, you know, we bought all of our kids, these, the, the gators and said, guys, you got to yep. wear them. And I'll every wear. single, every single one of them, put them on, didn't say a word, just put the gator up. Okay. Yep. If that's get, if that gets me on the ice, that gets me on the ice. So, yep. I mean, how right, much, so how, how, uh, wait, Scott, I'm sorry. How, how much yeah. of this, and Perry, you, you've played on past the high school uh, level and, and you had a, a good college career and a European career and professional career, excuse me. And how much of this is just the culture of, of hockey? You know, you look at, you look at how other leagues tried to play throughout the summer and you had a few cases here and there and you had a, a few teams, especially in baseball, 
and that's no disrespect to our baseball loving viewers, but you know, they, they had some hiccups there, but the NHL had none and the hockey guys had none. And everybody complained about the bubbles. NBA complained about it. It was this, it was that the NHL complained about it. You know, you're, you're running into guys. You just got in a fight with 10 minutes ago in the elevator, but hockey guys to a man just seemed to have this thing about them that we love the sport so much. It doesn't matter what we have to do. Just let us play. Yeah. And, and I mean, just to give you an example, my nephew uh, plays professionally in Europe and they're playing and, and they're, they're not even bubbling. Um, you know, the resources for European professional hockey with the exception of Russia is probably a lot significantly less than the NHL, but um, they're playing and they're getting it done and they're doing it right. And, and I believe it's exactly that, you know, my time there, you know, I, I know a lot of, a lot of guys from a lot of countries, you know, I can start a fight in a lot of languages and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I like they, that were a lot. All, they were all just like the guys here, you know, they just, yeah. they just talk funny. <laughs> all right. Well, be, but before we let you go here and again, we appreciate you coming on, giving us the history of the tournament, talking a little about what's going to, you know, hopefully happen here in the next five days. Give us at least one chirp if you will, in a different language. Yes. And, oh no, and listen, this is going to be garbage because he's going to come at me hard. And I know that that's okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, one of my favorite stories and I'm going to clean it up, but, uh, I was, I was, it's a podcast. You don't have to go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was rooming, I was rooming with a Swedish professional player and we were, we we're going to play this Swedish team. And he told me, he said, I, I think this is just really funny because I mean, he even said, he goes, I know you, you're not scary at all. He goes, but we Swedes, we're afraid of Canadians and Americans. So talk all of that, like American, like slang, say MF a lot. <laughs> he, goes, he said, uh, so, and, and again, I'm going to, I'm going to date myself. Right. He's like, do like Eddie Murphy eyes from, you know, <laughs> like crazy eyes. And, 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 and the first period went, went by and, and, and the goalie covered the puck and I probably came in a little hard and some six foot seven Swedish guy named Ulf, I think, like kind of <laughs> grabbed me and, and I kind of looked at him and I said, never, I'm going <laughs> to hit you with my stick. I don't know, maybe and he backed away and said, Hey, Hey, like broken English. Hey, Hey just playing hockey here. And then I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy eyes. Ah, <laughs> and nobody, nobody came near me the rest of the game. It's like when you're talking to a dog, they don't know what you're saying. It's just how you're saying. Yeah. That's exactly right. Actually, I, at, one point, at one point I played on a line with two Finnish guys and nobody understands Finnish. Like it is just pops and busts. And, uh, and they would speak Finnish and I would just make it up and speak back to them. And that always confused the other team. They're like, I thought he was American. Is he finished too? Are they three Finnish guys on this team? I don't know, but I would just, I would just make noises like. <laughs> and nobody could tell if I'm saying anything right or not. The greatest so, part of the story is after that game, he goes into the pub with his, with the, the Swedes and he walks up to the bartender. He's like, give me an MF and beer. And they're like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, hey, Perry, uh, again, thanks for coming on, spending some time with us tonight. Uh, 
giving us some information, giving our listeners some information on, on the tournament. Again, on a personal level to our, to our listeners, this tournament is the top of the top. Uh, and even during a COVID pandemic, it's still the top of the top. And uh, we look forward, uh, myself, and I know the other coaches look forward to coming and attending. But if you can't come in person, which it doesn't seem like a lot of people can these days, which is okay, make sure you go to Live Barn, check out the games. Um, Perry, let me ask you this question before we leave. Uh, I, I know that that it it's a, it, it costs a lot to run a tournament, yeah. And we and we we you guys do a hell of a job with that. And is there anywhere that that people can go to maybe help support the the tournament? Uh. Actually, I do not know that. Um, and you know what? We, we do a great job. And, 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 you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank, you know, our parents. Right. And, and it actually goes even beyond our parents. Um, our families, like my family will be working there. You know, the athletic director's family will be working there. We got, you know, people off of my daughter's peewee team are going to be working there. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I mean, it just takes, if you, if you can imagine, you know, we're going to play 48 games and, and we need scorers and scorekeepers and clock runners and people taking tickets and people checking people at the door and penalty box workers. And, you know, it, it takes, it takes a village to run this thing. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think, really the 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 people that actually make this happen are all of those people yeah and and and, and they're doing it <laughs> they're doing it in the middle of a pandemic when which when they don't need to do it that's so, correct so we're, we're very thankful for that and 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 you know if there's it needs to be any shout out that ends this this interview it's a shout out to those people that are going to do that to help us be able to play because without them we won't be able it. to do this <clears throat> right so it. so we thank them, uh, you know, before before they even started their work, we thank them. Yep. yep. So, yep. Perry, thanks again. Appreciate it. Uh, look forward to speaking with you again. We'll see you this weekend. I uh, will see you this weekend. Stay safe and enjoy the red. All right. Thank you, guys. All right, Perry. Thanks, Perry. Well, I know you guys don't want to talk about other teams that are in your league, but let's just run through these real quick before we bring Dave Perper on to talk about the Columbus uh, the Columbus teams that are coming up. Uh, we have Holy Name coming. I know the Namers lost a lot of grad, lot to graduation this year. They have 10 rookies on their 20-man roster. Uh, Dom Lugo is becoming a leader on that team, and they have a couple of senior goalies. J.J. Light and Brendan Greller, who will certainly be leaned upon at this tournament. Uh, Shaker Heights. I just want to throw something in there. Yeah, there's a couple other guys in that team, too. You, know, you got Ben Dewar that's on the on the blue line for Holy Name. Uh, that just works his tail off and uh, you know, he needs to deserve to get that recognition because this young man went through a, 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 an unfortunate hand accident over the summer and he's now worked his way back to where he didn't think he was going to be able to play this, this uh, winter. And uh, he played uh, last weekend. So I pre I applaud him for working his way back uh, to get there. Very nice. Uh Shaker Heights, they're similar to St. Charles. They, they have not played a game. Thornton Park's been closed. Um, but Coach Bartley said that they were, Thornton Park was supposed to open on Monday and they'd be able to get some practices in. So, uh, But these will be the first games that they play in what is their 50th anniversary season of Shaker hockey. So they've got a, a lot of big plans uh, to celebrate that this year, and most of those have been scuttled so far. But hopefully uh, they'll be on the ice this weekend and get their season started. 
which is a shame um, because the the Bartley family uh, has done a wonderful job with with that program, and and you know hopefully they can get the recognition out there for this year that that is well deserved. And I trust me, I know the Bartley family, and I know that they're very humble people, and it's not about them; it's about Shaker High School and Shaker community. I get that, but we got to really talk about how it got to where it is, and it's the Bartley family, and and uh, you know everyone on this uh, the podcast has mad respect for that Bartley family, and and. Um, so I really hope that they can get the recognition that's deserved for that program this year. And then there's Walsh Jesuit, as we mentioned, they are the uh, replacement for us. A uh, very young team last year took their lumps a little bit, but they're already looking better so far this year. Um, they had one kid who scored all their goals last year and he graduated. I think it was Colasante maybe, mm-hmm. um, but they have, uh, four or five players with four or more goals already. So they've already started to cultivate some depth there. And then they've got a great uh, sophomore goaltending tandem with Brody Lurch and Zach Furman. You know, you want to talk about an unbelievable story. You know, Pete Clary had to take the team over last year. And, and um, you know, he had a son on the team. And then his son chose to, to you know, go to uh, other options, not hockey related in the middle of the season. And, and Pete is such a good guy, and he cares about these kids so much uh, that him and uh, Billy Beard, who's the uh, admissions director over there at Walsh Jesuit, have taken this program. And, and you want to listen, you want to talk about a group of guys last year from start to finish that has been changed because of a culture change. It's amazing. You know, and Pat McKendry ran that program for a long, a long time, and that was an unbelievable program. Pat did a great job with that program. Actually, I talked to Pat the other night uh, and, and he, you know, he, you know, Pat and I still talk quite a bit and, and I don't mean like change a culture cause it was bad, but you got to change the culture when you got so many young kids. Right. And, and Pat did a hell of a job with, with uh, Walsh Jesuit. And then Pete took the job and had all these young kids and he did it. I, I don't, I, I don't want to speak for Pete, but he did it. He had his kid on the team and his kid left to, to, to go, you know, do something else. And he's back again this year with Billy. I, I give those guys mad, mad respect because of that. Right. So I, I wish them the best of luck. Great. Two great guys uh, running that program right now. And, you know, it's, 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 it's great to see because that is what high school hockey is about right there. Our next guest on on air is Dave Papura. He has been a sports reporter covering mostly high school sports in and around his hometown of Columbus, Ohio, for most of the past 20 years. The Chicago Cubs and the Ohio State Buckeyes still have the power to make or break his day, but at least he's seen both of them win championships. Please welcome on air, Dave Perpura. Hey, Dave, how you doing tonight? Good, how are you? Doing, doing wonderful. Well, first of all, thanks for taking the time to join us tonight and talk about some of the, your local teams. Uh, high school hockey teams that will be joining uh, the Cleveland teams, the Toledo teams uh, in uh, the Padua holiday hockey tournament that we all know has been a benchmark in the state of Ohio when it comes to high school hockey midway through the year as one of the top tournaments to see kind of where teams stand at that point. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a prestigious one. I mean, I I've had uh, upper Arlington as a team I've covered. I want to say this is my ninth season covering them. They've, they've come up there the vast majority of the time. Um, I think you mentioned St. Charles earlier is going to be in the field. I, I want to say that Owen Tangy Liberty has been up there. Dublin Jerome, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, and those are, you know, those are the, the teams that are the cream of the crop in this area. 
or at least they have been for some time. So yeah, this is absolutely something where you, before you get into January and you really get into the meat of that league schedule, this is uh, this is a huge event uh, for the teams that come up there. So let's let's start from the top. Let's start about upper. Let's talk about Upper Arlington. You said you covered you've covered them for almost nine years now. Mm-hmm. Last year, thirty six one and one. Uh, I don't want to say a heartbreak, but they get beat to uh, in the in the district finals by New Albany. Uh, you covered that game. What what's, what does Upper Arlington look like coming into the tournament this year? They return, not everybody, but they return some very important pieces. Uh, Garrett Alderman is their goalie. Uh, he had a 95% save uh, percentage last year. He, he's been an excellent goalie for them for, I believe this is his third season, either being a full-time starter or sharing time. Uh, Will Cohen uh, is a guy who's back. He had 35 goals last year. But again, they, they graduated a, a ton of their top players, although they return a, a lot on their defense as well. You mentioned the word heartbreak. I think that absolutely would be fair. I mean, they were 36-0 and 0 going into that game, and it was just one of those times. And, I, you know, you guys have probably seen it in hockey. I mean, we see it in, in any sport, really. Sometimes the other team just has your number on a given day, and it seems like that's what happened uh, with New Albany on that Sunday in that district semifinal. And I had to remind myself it was a district semifinal because the New Albany went on to beat Owen Tangy Liberty. Uh, the aforementioned Olentangy Liberty in the district final. Unfortunately, of course, it was the last game they played. But, uh, but I mean, they, they cleared two huge hurdles last year. New Albany did. But, yeah, UA, obviously, I, I'd be shocked if they're not one of the top teams in this area. And they got to start their season over the weekend, as a lot of teams have been doing down here recently. Right. And, and like you mentioned, they played their first two games this weekend, 5-2 to two win over St. Uh, Xavier and a 2-1 to uh, one overtime loss to Moeller. Um you know, and, and I have to kind of backtrack. I did say that they lost in the district finals, so thank you for correcting me. It was the semifinals. It's an inadvertent correction. I didn't realize right. you had said final. But, uh, uh, but no, I, only, mean, I had to remind myself just because of the way that went. I mean, just the magnitude of that game that it was a semifinal. Right. So it's, it's almost like when people say uh, the Americans beat the Russians to win the gold, but they did not. So, yeah. uh, you know, so I, I, I apologize about that. Uh, we, we, you talked about uh, another team there, Olentangy Liberty. Now, Liberty was supposed to come up and play. Uh, they, they have now, uh, we found out this afternoon, we record on Monday. Uh, we found out this afternoon that they are out. They have need to quarantine because of a COVID-19 protocol. Uh, talk to us a little bit about Liberty that, that, that you can, uh, the information you have. Uh, Gage Schlatterbeck is their big player. Uh, I think he had 41 goals last year. I mean, a first team, all capital hockey conference, which pretty much encompasses all the teams, uh, down here. And then they recorded their recorded, they, uh, return, uh, a couple of guys beyond that who combined for 33 goals. Uh, ben Brown, uh, who had as many goals as assists, 13 and 13. Uh, Shane Flanagan, 11 goals. Carson Reynolds, nine goals. Uh, and then you had uh, you have a goalie who's going to step up this year who won 11 games last year. Uh, his name is Andy Keeler, so he's going to be kind of the big guy uh, this year, replacing a guy named Andrew Vidrick. I, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. So they're kind of plugging some new guys in as they go um, while bringing some good, good pieces back in there. And that Capital Hockey Conference Red Division with those other top teams down here, like UA St. Charles and uh, New Albany and Jerome also is in that division. So we, we're not going to be able to see New Albany and Jerome this this week up here. Uh, we will see St. Charles. We'll talk about them in a minute. But can you talk to our listeners a little bit about uh, New Albany and Jerome and what they have coming this, uh, this year? Have they started? Have they played? Where are they at in their year? Uh, New Albany has not started. Uh, they are supposed to play beginning this weekend. They were decimated by graduation. Uh, they bring back some of their top defensemen. Uh, 
kidding. Ian Hoff was a heck of a linebacker for a playoff football team that, that pulled a couple of upsets. Uh, he's one of their biggest pieces back, um, and they bring back another goalie. But uh, as far as just their scoring, I mean, they lost some ridiculous percentage of their goals to graduation. I can't remember. I think it's north of 80. I'm pretty sure it was it was quite a lot. So, I mean, they, they really came together at the right time uh, last year when they I think they had something like 13 losses uh, and still were able to to win the district championship. Now, as far as Dublin, Dublin Jerome is concerned, they're not one of my regular teams. So I've been cramming a little bit, trying to learn uh, more, you know, about them certainly then, but uh, I mean, their, their reputation precedes them. I mean, uh, Pat Murphy has, has done a wonderful job uh, up in Dublin, at least from where I sit for a long time. Uh, they recurred quite a few of their forwards from what I'm seeing. Uh, Evan Halligan had 18 goals. Uh, Anthony DiPaolo had nine goals. And then, uh, they're trying to figure out their goalie situation. They have two, uh, uh, J.B. Russo and Abby Gruco, and I really hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. But th those two are trying to um, are trying to figure out uh, their goaltender situation. And they're one of those teams. Just looking at the standings uh, in their conference, of course. Now I'm having a tough time pulling the standings up, but uh, they're not. I, I don't think they've started yet. Uh, I think 11 of the 19 teams in that league have played games. But I'm not totally sure Jerome is, and I know St. Charles hadn't played a game. Yet. Yeah, and, and we we had uh, Pat Murphy on. Was I think it was last week or uh, when we were talking about the different leagues throughout the state, and he did mention that. So let's talk about St. Charles. You said they haven't started yet. Their first time that they'll play or scheduled to play is in the prestigious Padua Holiday Hockey Tournament. I mean, that's that's as a coach, that's not the kind of a start you want, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you think we we had some. We had uh, the college hockey uh, uh, the preview uh, two weeks ago, and we talked about a team like Miami University that had to go down to Omaha and play the number one, three, and four team in the country right out of the rip. Right now, you got St. Charles, who has not played a game, who's going to head up here to Cleveland and play in the prestigious Padua Hockey Tournament. Uh, what can you talk about them? They're one of those teams that, you know, they, they hung right in that league last year. They finished second behind UA. So they finished ahead of New Albany uh, in the standings. They went 11 and three. I mean, they're, they're always known as, a, as one of our best teams down here. It's certainly a, a physical uh, team to be sure. Uh, Diego Petonis, uh, 22 goals last year, just in the league play. I think he was around 30 um, overall. Uh, and they bring back several of their other forwards as well. Uh, bringing up some some JV guys as well that they hope they're going to be able to plug in. And they're still trying to figure out their goalie situation uh, with uh, Grant Wolf and, and Tyson Cooper. Like you said, I mean, they don't, they're not going to have a lot of soft spots in their schedule anyway. But, you know, coming up there and seeing some of the elite teams from, from the Cleveland part of the state, the Toledo region as well, yeah, you're, you're going to learn your, a lot about yourself in a big hurry. And I, I think any of the teams probably can say that, especially the ones down here who haven't played much yet. UA has, I think, like you said, two games in the bag so far, and they're going to play a third one on Wednesday. But, yeah, you, you, that's, that's going to be a learning experience no matter how many games you have under your belt. Right, and it's definitely going to be a learning experience, but I'm sure, just like we talked about uh, many times on this podcast, that learning experience or not, in this time, we're just glad to get the kids on the ice, glad to have the kids skate, this and that. So um, any other things you want to talk to us about uh, the Columbus region that, that you cover? I'm glad you brought that up because, um, I mean, just as far as, you know, how many games are, you know, uh, there were some that, that were not going to play until this weekend. Uh, originally, the, the Franklin County Stay-at-Home Advisory, which, which encompasses uh, the vast majority of the teams down here, doesn't even expire until Thursday night. So some of the school districts weren't going to play at all until Friday, but some of them relaxed the rules just a little bit, uh, such as UA to be able to play on 
on a Saturday and Sunday. They had the games against uh, Moeller and St. X. Now the teams up north, uh, Liberty, you mentioned, Olentangy, and Delaware County, they've gotten some more games in because it's it's – the the state of things is a little more relaxed i think up there is or at least it's not as bad as it is here in franklin county with spread and and such like that so yeah i mean the, these teams know and they've emphasized repeatedly i mean that they're they're fortunate to get whatever games they get sometimes you don't even know what your schedule is going to be until a couple of days beforehand just because of the fluid nature of this i mean i i think that uh what the schedule for for the tournament up there is still you know in flux and you mentioned liberty going into quarantine you just never know uh, where things are going to go right now and uh and they still don't know i don't think quite honestly the rest of the season schedule for some of these teams and and everybody you know you just have to keep an open mind if you want to put it that way and, and certainly try to keep things fluid as much as you can and and treasure every opportunity you get because we just never know where this is going yeah Absolutely. you mentioned those the kids at st charles is not the ideal way to start their season they would not miss this tournament for anything i bet yeah if yeah i, I mean I, I, here, I, doesn't I, matter I, who they're playing scott i mean I, I think you put that very well in that uh you know, if you ask them, you know, do you care who you play to start the season? No, we just want to we just want to get the season started. Probably what would it be three, four weeks after it normally would have been? I mean, a lot of these teams mm -hmm. would have played uh, in the tournament down here called the Midwest Thanksgiving Classic. That, that is at all the chillers that Friday, Saturday, mm -hmm. Sunday after Thanksgiving. Well, that got wiped off the map. Uh, a lot of teams were going to open before you know, the week before Thanksgiving. All of that got wiped out too. So yeah, I, I think they're they're itching to go. They know there's going to be rust. I, I think everybody realizes that. But uh, nonetheless, you're going to be playing and you're going to have time to tune up before we get into the meat of the schedule in January. Dave, how how have <clears throat> excuse me how how for for the Cincinnati, Cleveland, Toledo regions that that maybe on the outside looking in on the the Columbus area. How has the likes of, say, a Bill Beard when he was at UA, the David Clarkson at UA, the Kevin Alexander at, at Liberty, how has hockey in Columbus grown to a level that it's not foreign, and this is no disrespect to those guys, not whatsoever, it's not foreign to say that the playing field is 100% level, if not tilted toward Columbus in caliber of hockey. What I'm glad you, you mentioned that. I was thinking about seen, that. Yeah. yeah, what have you seen in, in regard to that? Well, I was thinking about that when I was out on a walk earlier. I mean, just trying to to think of just the past couple of years. I remember what a big accomplishment it was two years ago when Dublin Jerome won the state semifinal. Yeah. I think it was against university school off the top of my head. I mean, that they just got to the state final was just a tremendous accomplishment because uh, the teams down here had struggled against the Cleveland and Toledo teams for, you know, just years and years. They get to state but they wouldn't, you know, they couldn't win their semifinal. And, and I'm glad you mentioned a guy like Bill Baird, who I loved working with in his time at, at Arlington and, and David Clarkson, you know, a former blue jacket who, uh, who really brought a lot to that program and helped bring it along to the place where Brett Houghton coached them the past couple of years into a position where they had 36 wins. They have another former blue jacket, uh, Derek Dorsett is on their coaching staff this year. Uh, that's something new uh, that he was able to join them. Brett stepped down because, you know, he had some increased work responsibilities, but uh, I, I think these teams saw what Jerome did a couple of years ago and they play these Cleveland and Toledo teams as much as they can during the regular season. And it, it definitely is a measuring stick to see where you compare and you better know where you compare because that those are the teams you're going to face when you get to state. So I, I would lout any team who is scheduling uh, and coming up to those areas to try and, and judge where they are. And then certainly it's just been the past several years, you know, the presence of the blue jackets obviously has done a ton. Uh, for hockey down here you know they've been here since 2000 and I know they draw attention in other areas of the state hopefully as well but, th but that's been a big thing for central Ohio hockey 
Well, and I will say this, Dave, that coaches in the state of Ohio, uh, at, at high-level uh, teams, or not just high-level teams, but high-level games, they absolutely start to look to the Columbus region now when they want to really push the pace of their of their players. So, like, it used to be Cleveland and, and Toledo, like you mentioned. And now it's, it's Cleveland, Toledo, and Columbus mm-hmm. and say, hey, let's reach out to them. Let's get them involved. And that's why it's, it's, it's our listeners for our listeners. It's so important to understand this tournament that we're going to be embarking on this weekend is not just a, a, a turnpike, a turnpike tournament anymore. Oh. It's a turnpike and 71 tournament for sure. And it's bringing the entire state together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's no surprise, Dave, that, that Columbus is doing what it's doing. And, and it's, it's no surprise whatsoever to those involved. It was it was a matter of time before the, le- the the field was leveled, and the fact that it's happened so fast maybe has surprised some. It's definitely not surprised anybody that is actually playing in the game or coaching in the game because Columbus has been this close. And I know you know we're we're, we're an audio uh, a podcast, but it's it's been inches for for the slightest bit. And it, it took a lot of the guys. You see a just, smile, Jay. You see a smile on the. On the I know. Smiling. I caught a smile. I caught a smile. It's, uh, I, did, I didn't know. I didn't, very close. For everybody at home, Lev is holding his fingers very close together. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, it's always been that way. It's never been a, a, a Cleveland Toledo versus everyone else. It's been you know, it's coming. It's coming. And in speaking with those in Columbus and how the summers have have uh, changed, and when with. Blue Jacket guys staying in town, uh, uh, Buckeye guys staying in town, helping in the different organizations. Um, actually, we were just down playing Liberty the other day, and the goalie coach from the Red Wings was out helping a guy from St. Charles. So there's a lot of different things going on throughout the state that it's not a Northern Ohio-based championship, if you will. And, and, and regardless of wins, losses, and other – it's great, especially on our podcast, it's great to see that hockey is growing so largely, uh, lack of better terminology, or red wine, that uh, you know hockey is growing so largely in our state. Yeah, and, and I was thinking back to, you know, 20 years ago, I was a student at the University of Toledo, and, you know, you could hear about uh, the, the programs up there, the St. Francis, the St. John's, and, and, you know, th- and those are still powers. And then when I moved back here, you know, in, in 2000, after I graduated from college, you know, UA was, it was always good, but then they made those state back-to-back trips, I think in 06 and 07. And then the Olentangy district exploded and you had hockey growing up there. St. Charles has always been around. So yeah, I mean, you're right. It's, it's been coming, but it's, it's, it certainly has been a maturation process. We were always going to get a team to state, I guess, the, you know, just because of the way that the tournament rolls. But the question is how competitive were they going to be? And, and it, it is good uh, and, and not to come off as a homer, but it is a good st- thing for the Columbus teams to, to make a statement like they've been making here recently. It's not good, Dave. It's not good. It's really good. It's really good. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's good great. There's, there's, there's really, really good hockey down in, in Columbus. And, and it, it just, it just kind of, you know, it, it levels the entire state out, which is great. That's what we need. That's what you need. Uh, yes, sir. Well, Dave, thank you for coming on, spending some time with us tonight, uh, talking about uh, the district that you cover, uh, the Columbus area. Uh, for this week's Padua Holiday uh, Hockey Tournament. Uh, and, you know, in the future, hopefully, uh, we can talk to you more because hopefully we're playing more games and we're getting more more opportunities to talk about hockey. So, uh, Dave Papura from This Week News, thanks for joining us tonight on uh, our podcast. Thank you, guys. Feel free to reach out anytime. Thanks, Dave. Right.
Mark Monroe is entering his 14th season covering the East Coast Hockey League for the Toledo Blade newspaper. He has covered the Toledo Walleye since their inaugural season in 2009-2010 and also covers the Toledo Storm before that. In all, Mark has worked for the Blade for the last 21 years, covering ECHL hockey and high school sports. He won the East Coast Hockey League's Outstanding Media 2015-2016 and the Ohio Excellence in Journalism Award in 2015. He was a contributing writer to the book Hockey Night in Toledo, published in 2009. It chronicles the rich 70-plus year history of professional hockey in Toledo. And the best game he said he ever covered was the high school state championship between Northview and St. Ignatius in 2014, which was declared a draw after seven overtimes went without a score. We'll talk about that later. Please welcome Kent State University class of 1995, Mark Monroe from the Toledo Blade. Welcome, Mark. Hey, thanks, guys. That's quite a quite an introduction. That's there. all the time we yeah. have, Mark. Thank you for coming. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, quite lengthy. I guess it just shows that I'm old and I've seen a lot of hockey in my life. But uh, and, well, you were at the Toledo Sports Arena then, if you were covering the storm. Oh, I do. I have stories. In fact, I'm wearing. I know you get the listeners can't see, but I'm wearing a. Uh, Toledo Gold Diggers cap. Oh, oh yeah, nice. the old Gold Diggers. All right. Real back, quick, we I used to. One when, I was a little one when they were playing, but um, yeah, I do remember so, those little IHL games. and Yeah, when I worked for the Cleveland days. Lumberjacks, we would play a preseason doubleheader. Uh, we would play the Detroit Vipers, and then the Storm would play our farm team or something like that. And my, my favorite Toledo, great place to see a game. You were right on top of the action very un- narrow, uncomfortable wooden seats, but I walked out into the concourse and first of all, the visiting team locker room, half the guys were milling around in the concourse, but the ushers <laughs> had the uh, red, red vests. Yes. And I walk out and, you know, you think about the world-class, you know, all the, the fan experiences is, you know, the, the ultimate thing. Now I walk out, there's an usher with the red vest smoking a cigarette and he puts a cigarette out on the floor in the concourse. And like oh, yeah. this, this is a great place. Oh, that was <laughs> old, old school at its finest. They had to; those players had to walk through the concourse the, to get to the bench. They'd have to draw these black curtains, you know, to block them off from the, the spectators. And they would literally have the locker room. You'd had to walk through the concourse to get to the bench. But that, that was a great place to cover a game because the press box would hang like right over the ice. It was an yeah. unbelievable sight line. And you mentioned those cigarettes to play. They'd be even in the last years that I covered in the, in the two thousands, there was smoke just hovering. In the, yeah. in the <laughs> I mean, well, now, you could count on, you count on at least one fight a game. And uh, the, there was a smaller ice surface too. So it was a lot of hitting. And if you liked old school hockey, uh, the sports arena, unfortunately, it has since been torn down, but they, they have a beautiful new facility here right. called the Huntington Center that seats uh, right. 7,431 for hockey, and that, that's where the walleye of the ECHL play. And it's like going from the outhouse to the penthouse. As much as I love that yeah. sports arena, it, it, it was built in 48, and it's seen its better days. So this new facility, is it's 10 years old, but it's still beautiful. So, so you said there, were, there was a fight that broke out every night. How many uh, fights broke out on the ice then? Yeah, exactly. That's the thing about the, exactly that they had the like lower glass. The glass was not regulation height. So fans could actually reach over. Like if they were fighting along the boards, 
fans would reach over and uh, get in the middle of it. And I can't tell you how many deers I got. I saw throwing on the guys on the bench. <laughs> it was, uh, it was like slap shot. I really have to say, you hear that cliche, but um, you know, it's, it's a definitely different style of hockey now. And, and I like both and I've come to really appreciate the speed and, and the new style um, that we all see, you know, at all levels pretty much now. And so, before, you know, we're here to talk about high school hockey, but before we get into that, um, normally you would be up and running with your walleye coverage. Uh, any updates on that first before we get into the high school stuff? They're supposed to start in February now? Yeah, that, that league, is it's been a mess just like it has everywhere else. About half the league is, is playing. 13 teams of the um, 26, mostly Southern teams, started last week. The walleye, Toledo walleye, are now scheduled to start in fe on February 12th. Uh, they were originally going to start in January. It's been pushed back. So they're still hoping to play about a 50-game schedule at the Huntington Center, and then they'll decide the winner by winning percentages. And But I, they're just hoping to play some hockey, you know, with attendance restrictions and stuff like that. But I sure like to see them get going again. So as, as you know, they're, they're paused, obviously, and there's a lot of teams in, in Lucas County right now that have been paused. How much do you know about this order from Lucas County Health Department uh, pausing high school sports? And why can some schools travel to this tournament this weekend, but others can't? Yeah, it's, it's, it really it starts at the top where the governor has left it up to lo local jurisdictions, which I can see the point of that. But uh, it's led to a lot of confusion and different rules for, as you guys know, in different parts of the state. And uh, right now the county does have a, uh, a pause on all extracurricular activities, all sports um, in the county, Lucas County here. And so right now, five hockey team, high school hockey teams have been shut down, including Northview, which was supposed to play in this tournament that we're going to talk about, the Paddle Christmas Tournament. And um, from what I understand, I think, Steve, you said something about uh, – I'm sorry, Scott, you said something about um, – you know, Steve, their coach reaching out to the superintendent to try to still play in this game, but I don't know how they'll get it done. Um, the Catholics are going to give an answer tomorrow. Okay. Well, well, I hope they can play. Um, the thing that's different about hockey is that they play, you know, obviously not at the school. So they have Tam O'Shanna. We have basically three arenas here in the Toledo area, and those have still been open. So you still have practices there that they're allowing. They do have a curfew, which, as you know, can affect high school hockey because games and practices in particular can go late. But um, so they're most of the teams, seven of our teams are still playing, including St. Francis, St. John's and Finley that are all going to be playing in the Padua tournament. And so, you know, they're, they're doing what they can. Everybody's some are shut down, some are quarantined, but there's seven that are still, you know, playing, uh, playing right now. Can you talk to our listeners a little bit about, we'll start with Northview and hopefully they can, they're able to make the trip. Uh, they're still scheduled to be in the in the tournament. Talk to us a little bit about their team. Yeah, Northview. Um, they're uh, they've been uh, you know a traditional power here for a long time now. I don't, I'm sure you guys probably know the Jim Cooper name. Jim Cooper uh -huh. was just a legend around here. He uh, started the program back in '77 or something like that. But it's a public school, number one, and they take great pride in that. I got just got to tell you, they because they're they're going up against the St. Francis and the St. John's, and, and they take pride in that. They went to the state title just a couple of years ago, and we mentioned in the in the big lead up here to bringing me on that uh, seven overtime game was was unbelievable. But this year, they're a young team. They you know they have uh, 
they have some depth and I think they have the most talented, at least experienced goalie in our area. His name is uh, Clem, Tyler Clem. He's starting every game last two years. Um, so I hope they can make the trip because I think it'd be it, all these coaches, by the way, look at this Padua tournament as a measuring stick. They love going there because they know we're playing quality competition and uh, they'll, they'll, they'll see where they stand right away. And Northview is, I think they, they started off not where they wanted. Um, you know, it's 0 and 1 in the league. Again, they haven't played many games, but uh, they do have the player of the year in this area, David Crandall, who's a defenseman, put up 52 points last year, and he's off to a great start, too. So they got a solid, solid club under um, Steve Elliott. So some of the other teams that are in the tournament that you cover, uh, let's talk with uh, Toledo St. John's. Toledo St. John's, rich history there. Um, you know, uh, I mean, they're young this year, but what do you know about them? Yeah, they're, they're definitely young. They have a new, a new coach, a guy that's been an assistant there for a long time by the name of Derek Stum. Um, they're young, but uh, they've got some leaders. They lost like 17 seniors from last year's team. They do have a goalie back by the name of Will Hawker, and he's an experienced kid too. I think he's off a five and two start. So, um, yeah, they've got a pretty good group, too, again, starting in net. Um, I, I like Pelock as their top scorer. His name is Andrew Pelock. He's a senior. Um, but their coach, Derek Stum, if you want to know kind of what he's thinking about this tournament, um, you know, he calls it a big test. And, uh, you know, all the big schools attended, and it's a great opportunity for his Titans to see how they stack up. Uh, I know they face U school. Obviously, the St. Ed's, they'll play all the teams, I believe. And uh, they're just looking to see how they stack up. Uh, you know, that they've had some good momentum uh, winning a tournament here just recently. So uh, I think uh, we'll see again how they stack up uh, uh, this weekend. You got another team uh, out of Finley, and, and their, uh, I believe, second-year head coach, Ben Patey, has taken over that program and, and, you know, trying to really get that program back to where it was. I mean, Finley used to play in the state finals and in the – in, get down to the final four. Lev, I think you might've played against him when you were there. Mm -hmm. uh, and Ben Patey is a, is a hell of a guy. He's, he's doing the right things there at Finley. You know, what, what does Finley have looking forward? You're breaking up a, a little bit. I hope you guys can hear me, but yeah, yep. no, he's, he's taking, he's taken over and he he's, he's done a really good job there. He thinks that they're, they're going to go there and make some noise. I know he's really super excited about it. Ben was telling me that, uh, they're hoping to build off of a mo some momentum where they actually beat St. John's four to one last weekend. And uh, he says their team just has a different mentality and their defense is growing. Um, they're going into games now expecting to win. I mean, they've been, they haven't been down to the to Columbus in quite a while. So I know they're, they're kind of uh, maybe the odd team out, you know, at least last couple of years. And I know they're making, as he says, uh, there's a lot of good teams in the tournament and we want to make a statement. So um, I think he feels pretty good about their uh, their chances there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I know that the season did not end last year the way that Ben and his Finley Trojans wanted to end. But, uh, you know, we've we've seen them in, in tournaments already uh, in the cold turkey tournament. And they, they seem like they've got it going right. Uh, now let's talk about the last team that you cover that's in the tournament who uh, I think people would say would be the the, the front runner uh, between them and North, although Northview beat them six to two, uh, and, and no disrespect to Northview because they're really tough, but Tito St. Francis, rich tradition, yeah. rich tradition. Um, you know, uh, Chris Varga, unbelievable coach, 
knows what he's doing. Uh, talk to us a little about where St. Francis is uh, this year and, and looking forward to this ter- uh, this tournament. Yeah, that, this is a team that, like you said, they, they, uh, they're the favorites to win the Northwest Hockey Conference. Got uh, five of the six uh, votes to finish first. But, you know, they last year they uh, had a little bit of a down year before they caught fire in the tournament and actually qualified for state. You know, they were going to go down to Columbus. I remember going down to watch their practices. They prepared and just the disappointment when the season was called off. So they went through a roller coaster last year. They have a bunch of those kids back and they're, you can imagine are just motivated to get another chance to play in the final four. I think this group, they're off to a five, one and one start. You mentioned the one loss, but I, I know that Varga likes his group. Um, they're fast, they're creative. Um, and a senior Riley box who leads the team in scoring. Nick Mack is another name to look for and Devin Holmeyer and Luke Kerr. Those are the big scorers and, and they're fast and they get up and down the ice and, they're creative. Now, goaltending is it probably would have been the question mark. They have a new guy by the name of uh, Jackson Smalley that stepped in. Actually, he's got good numbers so far, 1.80 goals against. And, uh, you know, again, this tournament, um, I talked to Chris, and he, he's mentioned that he, he loves playing the different teams and that uh, they're all highly skilled and actually honored to be invited. Um, and it does a nice job exposing their weaknesses and gives them an idea what to work on. So, uh Again, they're all all these programs, guys, are, are just like everybody else, just struggling with the coronavirus to get sure. practices in and you know, missing guys and all that. So uh, I think they're just every time they take the ice, and I'm sure it's the same with you guys, you, you know, schools in your areas, that they're just happy to be out there playing. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they play everyone like it's, it might be their last because it could be. Absolutely. So we covered four teams uh, in your region. Is there any other teams that you want to talk about? Uh, that may not be playing in the tournament, but, you know, just give them uh, uh, an opportunity or give, you know, those schools an opportunity to be heard. Yeah, no, the, those are the the, the main schools. Um, like I said, a lot of them are just hoping to play. We've got, um, you know, again, Northview is quarantined. So, uh, from what I understand, they weren't going to play until uh, January um, 11th. Are, are they quarantined or are they stopped by the, the – Actually, uh, yeah, it's not – they're not. I don't know. I, you're right. That's a good correction because I'm not sure if they've had any players test positive. See, I, 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 I thought they were they were uh, put on protocol, paused from the county. Yeah, it's the county order exactly. Okay. It's the Lucas County order that they they they're not supposed to be. Although people are finding ways around it, and again with the ice facilities not being at the schools. Uh, but no, those those are our contenders. Usually, those are the as you guys know. Uh, St. John, St. Francis, Northview, and, and Finley. Bowling Green is a program that you guys probably know that name going back, yep. you know, to the 70s and 80s where around here they were the team. They used to actually have the state tournament at the uh, Bowling Green mm-hmm. State University there, and they were a perennial favorite. Now they actually had to cancel the program two years ago because they had the numbers. Um, so they're just getting back up and running, but they're getting back in there. I'd like to see that program kind of get back to that tradition of having good numbers and, and they, they're still playing in the highest division. So, so we'll see, but uh, again, this tournament should be a, a nice preview uh, for what we're going to see hopefully in March. What would you attribute, you know, Toledo is a mainstay in hockey in Ohio. What would you attribute that success to? Is, is it the, the, the proximity to the Detroit area? So the guys have the chance to play in, in, in that level, or is it the coaching of maybe some, 
walleye or storm guy staying in town. You know, I know Chris Varga had, had himself a professional career and, and others in the area. What would you contribute to success and the, the positive influence to the Toledo region of hockey? Well, I, number one, it's a great hockey town. Obviously, I'm biased. I grew up here. I've lived here. But going back to the start of our conversation, you're talking about the gold diggers. They've played hockey here since the 40s, going back uh, to the Buckeyes and, and a bunch of other teams before even the gold diggers. And it's tradition. Uh, the place here is always packed. It's great support for years, no matter the level of, uh, you know, the, the, the gold diggers used to play in the International Hockey League. Now they play the while I play in the ECHL. I say number one, there is the Red Wings success certainly helped that with the fan base, you know, just building that. And there's the people, the guys that play around here, pro hockey seem to stick around. Getting to your point about, you know, high quality coaching and uh, it's what the height as far as high school goes and the quality. We're always fighting a number game numbers game around here because we don't have the pool of players it's essentially the population numbers aren't there that's not an excuse and but it's just the reality and again you're fighting guys that want to play travel hockey you got people pulling the high school kids different directions and i don't know what the best answer is now i will say that we had two guys drafted in the nhl for the first time and ever <laughs> and, and those guys opted to play travel hockey they did not play high school hockey so um you know, there's just, there's a vast amount of talent in this area. Some go off to play up travel hockey or Michigan or even Cleveland or other areas. But um, these high school hockey coaches around here have done a terrific job keeping those guys more here recently. And that's why I think, uh, you know, you're seeing the consistent quality of, of particularly these three programs around here. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you any, uh, more about that. And, and you know what, uh, as a coach, you know, we also understand that, you know, Toledo teams and Toledo kids, they have more opportunities than like kind of like we do here in Cleveland or Columbus uh, because they can stay, play top quality in Toledo. They can play in Detroit. They can, you know, and that's, I mean, that is a, a hotbed of hockey over there. So, Mark, uh, we thank you for coming on. Thank you for talking about the teams that you cover. Uh, this is hopefully uh, going to be a great weekend of hockey here uh, in Cleveland for the Padua Holiday Hockey Tournament. Uh, and, you know, we look forward to learning more about these teams and also the Toledo walleye that you cover. So thanks again for joining us tonight. Uh, appreciate your insight. No, I really enjoy it, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, let's do it again soon, okay? Sounds good. Thanks. thanks, Mark. This episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest on-air podcast is brought to you by Team Ohio. With reasonable fees, transparency, and athlete development, that has prepped players for teams at all levels. Team Ohio is here to coach players for success both on and off the ice. Go to teamohio.com to learn more. Well, guys, what a great show again tonight. And I and I don't mean to be that guy, but it seems to be getting better and better every time that we get people on the show. Tonight, we had an awesome panel of uh, people talking about their districts all over the state. This is the Ohio Hockey Digest, and we talk about the entire state of, of Ohio. We had Perry Cohagen from Cleveland talking about the Padua Holiday Tournament and kind of not the, not the teams here in Cleveland, but the history of the tournament. Yeah, it's great to see, like you said, Columbus. Uh, high school hockey is really popping down in Columbus, and it's great uh, you know, that they're going to be sending 
not only competitive uh, group of teams up here to play in the Padua tournament, but you expect uh, to see a little more uh, competitiveness down in Columbus for the Frozen Four for the uh, when we get to the the state tournament too. With you know Jerome winning, like you said, it was the first time that a Columbus team had ever made it to the final two years ago. But that's surprising, and I think it's definitely going to you're going to see it happen again soon. You're not going to have to wait a long time for that to happen again. No, absolutely no. I agree with you, Scott. And and you know it's it's interesting what Perry talked about and how uh, last year was in like you said, you know, first year that the Cleveland team wasn't in it, but but just the realm and, and just the the difference of teams that are now in this tournament. Uh, it, it that's I think I think if you're going to build a tournament, a midway tournament, that is the type of tournament you want to build, right? You want to say, all right, where is everybody at the middle part of the season? Yeah, I was going to say I didn't get a chance to jump in there, but uh, when we were talking about that, like the cold Turkey, that's a great tournament mm-hmm. for different reasons. You know, it's mm-hmm. the start of it. It's everybody's first game. Everybody's chomping at the bit to get out there, but it's the first weekend. This one is, you know, everybody's had a dozen games or so under their belt. And now you're getting ready to go into the, like the meat of the league schedule on that. And it's another uh, measuring stick right around the, you know, almost to the midway point of the season. And you start oh. identifying who the top teams are. You start separating the, the teams out a little bit. No, you're, you're right. You're right. You know, um, first of all, hats off to Perry Cohigan, his staff, uh, Kevin Lee, Sean Evans, for what they put together in the Paddle Holiday Tournament is, is, is unreal. Now, this is probably the last time a lot of these teams will see each other before a – final four before a state tournament, anything like that. So the fact that, you know, we had Dave on and, and Mark Monroe from the, the Toledo blade, the fact you have those guys on and their enthusiasm for their areas, the fact that these teams are still able to play the fact that these kids are able to compete and play hockey games under these circumstances. And the fact that uh, Padua is putting on this tournament again, it, it's phenomenal. And, and it's exciting it's exciting because none of this is, 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 you know, status quo. Everything is new. The fact the coaches have to rearrange their schedules every single week to actually get games. And the fact that we're able to put this tournament together, which is literally probably the best tournament outside of the state tournament and, and getting this conglomerate of teams, if you will, together to play these contests. It's unfortunate more fans can't come, but as we talked about, you can go on to live barn and you can watch the games. Um, it's exciting. It's fun. It's different. It's 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 the same because, you know, these are, are the same teams that come every year. The fact that hockey is growing in our state, that every region is relevant, from Cincinnati to Columbus to Toledo to Cleveland, everything is relevant. Hockey is growing in our state. Here, yes, is the, uh, as Sully, as you said, the benchmark of, the midway point to the season to see where we stand. It's, it's an exciting time to be in hockey in Cleveland. A- absolutely. Jade. I, I agree with you. And I, I want to thank uh, uh, Scott uh, for organizing this tonight. Cause it was great to get these guys on and talk about it. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm fired up to drop the puck this year at the Padua holiday tournament. It's one of those weekends that a lot of us circle out of our calendars uh, when the schedules are being put together. I want to thank Mark Monroe from the Toledo Blade, Dave Perpura from This Week News, and Perry Cohagen as a guest of the 
Padua Holiday Tournament for joining us tonight. This year, more than others, with all of the uncertainty around playing games, I know we are all looking forward to the competition this weekend at OBM Arena or the arenas your team's playing at. Make sure to check in at www.ohiohockeydigest.com all weekend. We will have updated box scores and standings as the games are being played and update all of the placement games scenarios for Sunday. We'll make sure to join us next week. We'll wrap up some of the action from the tournament and have a great guest as well. Who's it going to be? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh, man, you're going to have to tune in to find that one out. Continuing to grow the game as best as we can. This is On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. Cancel. 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 You're canceled. You're canceled. And you're canceled. And you're canceled. You're canceled. And you're canceled. You're canceled. You're canceled. And you're canceled. Let the cancellation commence. Graduation. Cancel.